Um, now, New Year's is a time of endings and of beginnings. And so, uh, before I dive into the sermon, I thought we'd have a little New Year's quiz. We can all play along. Um, here's how it's going to work. I'm going to read you either the first or last line of a story, a book, and I want you to, for one point, you just have to tell me whether it's the beginning or the ending. For another point, you have to tell me what the story is. Okay? Can anyone help me with this one? Number one, and they also bought a tin of tiger food in case the tiger should come to tea again. Beginning or ending? Anybody? Ending? And anyone, anyone happy with what story it is? Tiger came to tea. Great. Okay, next one. All was quiet in the deep, dark wood. The mouse found a nut, and the nut was good. Tomas, your hand is up. Is that beginning or ending? Beginning. Oh, that's actually the ending. But do you want to tell me what story it is? Not Little Red Riding Hood? The Gruffalo. Thank you. Okay, number three. Nice and easy, this one. Um, Mr. and Mrs. Dursley of number four, Privet Drive, were proud to say that they were perfectly normal. Thank you very much. Beginning or ending? And anybody want to tell us? It's the beginning, and it's the beginning of Harry Potter. Okay, last two. Now, now we're getting a bit trickier. So this is grown-ups. Thinking caps on. Happy families are all alike. Every unhappy family is unhappy in its own way. Beginning. Anna Karenina. Thank you, Georgie. Straight. No, no, not even a hesitation. Um, okay, last one. I only am escaped alone to tell thee. I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Anyone want to guess beginning or ending? You've got 50% chance of getting it right. Go on, Tomas. That's not the Bible. It does sound quite like the Bible. That's the the bit, maybe, if you're used to hearing that. Anyone, anyone want to guess beginning or ending? Did you say beginning is wrong? It's the ending. I, am, I only am escaped alone to tell the anybody you want to guess what it is. Any ideas? That is Moby Dick by Herman Melville. Ishmael's the only person who escapes at the end and tells the whole story. So there's a the thing about, so there's beginnings and endings. And look, I don't know how much of a New Year's person you are. I guess, to be honest, if you're here this morning, you probably weren't up all night. If you were, great work. It's brilliant to see you. Really impressed. Maybe you're more of a New Year's resolutions person. That's a big deal for you. You think hard about them. You really want to commit to them. Whether or not that's you, whether New Year feels big or small, my, my sense is that none of us can escape the way that a New Year creates a sense of endings and beginnings. It creates a sense of endings and beginnings. 2020 has come to an end. And so it's natural to take stock to think about where we're up to, how things are going. And as 2023 begins, it's natural to think about where we want to go, about the direction of our lives, about where we're heading. But I wonder if, if that process of thinking about endings and beginnings, of taking stock and looking forward, can often feel quite unproductive, or perhaps even sometimes a bit depressing. We look back over the last year and think, is that it? As we look forward, we're haunted by past plans, previous resolutions that we know have come to nothing. God offers us in his word deeper 
truer, better answers to the question we might find ourselves asking at this time of year. Where are we up to? Where are we going? And the answers to those questions are not ultimately found in looking at ourselves and considering our our track record so far or or thinking about a self-improvement plan. No, they're found as we look to Jesus Christ. In today's passage, Luke records the coming together of beginnings and endings. The infant Jesus at the start of his life is brought into the temple and encounters two people at the end of their lives, Simeon and Anna. And as Simeon and Anna meet Jesus, they are witnesses. Witnesses that Jesus is the beginning. Jesus is the beginning of a new age. And that is the age in which we live. Simeon and Anna have been waiting. We're told that Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel. That Anna was waiting, fasting and praying, looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. The consolation of Israel, the redemption of Jerusalem, they're waiting for God to come to his people. They're waiting for God to comfort his people to console his people, to redeem his people, to rescue his people. God has promised, God had promised that as as sure as sunrise, one day he would come. He would act decisively through his chosen king, the Messiah, to defeat all his enemies and bring in a kingdom of joy and justice and peace. And God's people, Israel, have been waiting hundreds of years in the darkness. And that waiting is taken up and personified in Simeon and Anna. As they wait their entire lives, praying, fasting, longing for the dawn. And then one day, two very ordinary people, Joseph and Mary, bring a six-week-old baby into the temple And rays of sunshine burst over the horizon. As Jesus is brought into the temple, dawn is here. As Simeon takes the infant Jesus in his arms, he bursts out in praise, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. As Simeon looks at the tiny, scrunched-up face of Jesus, he sees God's salvation. He sees God's rescue plan in action come in the flesh. He sees the light of the world. The one through whom all nations, all people can come to God, can be forgiven, can be welcomed into God's family and into his presence. He sees the one who will die on the cross for the sins of the world, a sign that will be spoken against, a source of grief that will pierce Mary's soul like a sword. He sees the one who will rise from the grave, conquering sin and death and the devil and ascend to God's right hand from where he will reign forever and ever and from where he will send his Holy Spirit upon his people, the church. It's all there in Simeon's arms. It's all there 
in that infant Jesus. Jesus is the beginning of a new age. And that is the age that we live in. So you don't want to tell me, what, what is the new, what, is the, what year are we now in? What year are we now in? Hands up, someone tell me, what year are we now in? Miriam, that's a tough question for you, but you can have a go. Go on, Tomas, what year are we now in? 2023, 2023, and it's 2023 AD, right? Now, when I was a child, it just really annoyed me that the way we did dates was asymmetric, right? Why is it, not, why is it BC and AD? It'd be much simpler, right, if it was just BC before Christ, AC after Christ, right? Wrong. That would be to miss the whole point. AD stands for the Latin Anno Domini, the year of our Lord. Right? We've not just entered, we've not entered the 2023 year after Christ. We've just entered the 2023 year of Christ. Of his reign. Of his rule. Simeon and Anna praised God. They gave thanks to God because they saw that theologically speaking, they were living in 1 AD that the new age had dawned. And the day that they saw dawn in that temple 2,000 years ago is the same day we live in. The sun has never set and will never set on the age of Jesus Christ. So as we step back, perhaps, take stock of where we're up to, where our lives have got to at the end of 2022, let's keep stepping back. And keep stepping back until we see the big picture. This is the 2023rd year of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that means this is his story. This is his world. It's not our story. It's not our world. And that's fantastic news because our lives are up and down. We have good years. We have bad years. Stuff goes wrong. We make mistakes that we can't fix. But Jesus rules over it all. And one day he will put everything right. He will save us and bring us into his everlasting kingdom. And in the meantime, he is with us by his spirit. We don't have to go to the temple to be presented to God, to come into the presence of God. Jesus Christ in his grace is present with us now and always. No matter what we go through, no matter what 2023 throws at us, we are not alone. Instead, we have the spirit of adoption through whom we cry out, Father. We have the spirit who intercedes for us when we don't know how to pray. The birth of Jesus is the beginning of a new age, the age of the King, the age of the Spirit. That's where we're at. That's where we're up to. That's the time we're living in, the 2023rd year of our Lord. So that's where we're up to. But where are we going? Well, Simeon and Anna are not just witnesses that Jesus is the beginning of a new age. They are examples that Jesus is the end of our lives. Jesus is the end 
of our lives. Now, there's a sense in which that's basically literally true for Simeon and Anna. For both of them, meeting Jesus is one of the last things they will do before they die. The Holy Spirit has revealed to Simeon that he would live until, and presumably not far beyond, seeing the Lord's Messiah. We're told that Anna is very old, 84, perhaps even older, and so at that time, very clearly near the end of her life. But there's a deeper sense in which Jesus is the end of Simeon and Anna's lives. Seeing Jesus, meeting him, is the goal of their lives. It is, their pur- is the purpose of their lives. It's what their lives are ultimately about. Anna has spent decades in the temple, worshipping, praying, fasting, looking for the redemption of Jerusalem, longing for the coming of the Messiah. And so her life reaches its fulfilment, its climax, its end, as she meets the infant Jesus. And gives thanks to God. As Simeon puts it, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation. As Simeon takes the infant Christ in his arms, faith turns to sight. God's promise is fulfilled. Simeon's life reaches its end, and so he's content for it to end. You may now dismiss your servant in peace. With the Messiah in his arms, the great enemy, death, has become the peace of sleep. And Simeon can die happy because he's seen Jesus. So Simeon and Anna's lives were not directed to a particular place, a particular achievement, a particular status, or a particular milestone of personal growth. They were directed to a person, to Jesus. And I think that in the context of New Year's resolutions, in in the wider culture of continual self-improvement, that is a profound challenge. Because the danger with New Year's resolutions, even those made with the best of intentions, is that they put us in the centre. The focus is on us, on our plans, our habits, our, our disciplines, our achievements, and not on Jesus. Simeon is is righteous and devout. Anna never left the temple but worshipped day and night, fasting and praying. But I promise you that's not because Simeon made a New Year's resolution to be more righteous and devout. I promise you it's not that Anna made a New Year's resolution to up her praying from one hour a day to two. It's because their eyes were fixed on the horizon, looking Longing, praying for the Messiah, waiting for the sun to rise. They weren't looking for their purpose or goal or end of their lives inside themselves. They were looking beyond themselves to Jesus the Messiah, the end of their lives. So for Simeon and Anna, Jesus was the end of their lives and he is to be the end of our lives too. If we make anything else the goal of our lives, the destination that we seek, well, then ultimately death will be our end. But because of Jesus' death in our place, because of his resurrection, it doesn't have to be that way. If we make him our goal, 
if we make him the one that we seek above all else, then Jesus will be our end. Life with him now and forever. And so as we begin 2023, let's put to one side our hopes, our plans, our dreams for ourselves and let's fix our eyes on Jesus. And that will look like dedicating time to reading the Bible, to prayer, but not so we can pat ourselves on the back, not so we conclude that we've become better people or better Christians, but because we long to see Jesus. We long to see him in the pages of scripture. We want to know him and love him more and more by the power of his spirit at work among us. More and more we want to live life with him and face death without fear because we know that when we die we'll see him face to face and that'll be better by far. So Jesus is the beginning of a new age. The age in which we live in this 2023 year of our Lord. And Jesus is the end of our lives. The one it's all about. Now and forever. Let's pray. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Father, we praise you that our eyes have seen your salvation as we behold your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, in his birth, in his death, in his resurrection, in his ascension, Lord, this year, this year which belongs to him, would you be at work by your spirit that we might know and live and embody the truth that Jesus is the end of our lives. That we might direct everything we have and everything we are towards him, now and forever. Amen.